Hey there, Conquerors. Welcome to another episode of Conquering Columbus. Uh, well, you guys are really going to enjoy this episode today. It was a lot of fun. And for those of you who are soccer fans out there, you're going to enjoy it even more. We had Frankie Hayduk, the Columbus Crew SC brand ambassador with us today. We'll talk a little more about Frankie's background later on in the show and his soccer career, all of his achievements. He had a really successful career. But uh, what I want to mention right now is for all you guys out there that haven't had the chance to check out a Crew SC game, I really recommend heading to one of their home games coming up here in the next week or two. I got the chance to take my girlfriend Shannon out. We stayed in the Nordeck, had a lot of fun, drank a few beers, and watched the crew get a win against LA Galaxy. So head on out there, support the Crew SC, and hope you guys enjoy this episode. Before we get to that interview, though, guys, I want to take a moment and ask you all for a quick favor. Go ahead, pick up that phone of yours you were listening to this on. And uh, check out your podcast app, whether it's iTunes, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, uh, whatever you like to listen on. Uh, there will be a subscribe button, and if you click that, it'll make sure that you never miss a single episode of Conquering Columbus. And the last thing we want to do before we start the show is take the time to thank all of our incredible sponsors here at Conquering Columbus. And that starts with our friends over at AWH. For those of you who haven't heard of AWH, they are a digital product consulting, user experience, and software development firm. And with over 22 years of experience, AWH collaborates with a variety of clients to drive desired business outcomes through great digital products. To find out more, check out awh.net and let them know Conquering Columbus sent you. Conquering Columbus is also brought to you in part by the Sundown Group. The Sundown Group is an Ohio-based nonprofit that helps connect entrepreneurs to investors, mentors, talent, and capital through business pitch events, workshops, and classes offered throughout the state. For more information, head on over to sundownfirst.org. And our last sponsor is Facilities Management Express, or FMX for short. FMX is actually founded and headquartered here in Columbus, Ohio. They're a startup software company. What's really cool about them, there's a lot of competitors in this space, but they made a name for themselves by designing an easy-to-use and tailored-fit facilities maintenance and management software they serve industries ranging from churches and schools to property management, manufacturing, and fast casual restaurants. You can learn more or check out a free trial at gofmx.com. All right, Conquerors, that's all we got. Let's get this show on the road. You could drop me anywhere on the planet in any environment, and I might get you know my head kicked in in the beginning, but I'll find a way to survive. I'll find a way to get the job done. Yeah, there's a little doubt, but you know what? Once again, I think of that guy in my ear. I think about stepping up to the stage. I think about the challenge. Like, I've lost sometimes, but I've won more than I've lost. And so, like, I bet on me any day. Choosing greatness. Greatness doesn't choose you. You know, you have to choose it. And, you know, it's hard. I think there was a hunger in me. There was a desire just to make a difference. There was a desire to not just be status quo, a desire to not be average. This is Conquering Columbus. Hey there, Conquerors, and welcome to another episode of Conquering Columbus. Uh, we're real excited for our guest today on the show, Mr. Frankie Hayduk. He is the uh, former MLS All-Star and two-time MLS Cup champion, two-time World Cup member, and two-time U.S. Olympian. Uh, he also spent five years in Germany's Bundesliga playing for a uh, <coughs> professional team there. And Frank Leverkusen. 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 Yeah, that, that, that's, that's, a tough, that's a tough one to say. I know, dude. <laughs> Thanks, Frankie. And uh, 
He uh, was a team leader for Columbus Crew SC from 2003 to 2010, where he led Crew SC to their first MLS Cup victory. And Frankie retired from the MLS in 2012, went on to become the brand ambassador for Columbus Crew SC, where he works currently. And welcome to Conquering Columbus, Frankie. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Rock and roll, dude. I love this room, man. I saw you guys had a, uh, a beer tap in the room here, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, we got you in the glass, glass yeah. fishbowl. You guys, yeah, you, you did that just for me. That's really nice of you. Thanks. We constructed this whole building for you. Thank you. Thank you. Right. That's really cool. <laughs> so, but we're really excited to have you on the show today. What's So how's your day been, though? What's a typical day look like for you right now? Uh, I mean, right now, I mean, especially this week, it's a, cr- a crazy week because a uh, crew played on Saturday, and we have a game on Wednesday against uh, LA Galaxy, and then we play a Saturday at home again against uh, uh, FC Dallas. So big soccer week, um, and, you know, the crew's uh, – uh, right in the middle of the playoff race. So this is a, a time where uh, a typical day for me is uh, get up and uh, start talking about the uh, crew as first thing in the morning. I mean, normally I'm up at, you know, I have four kids here. Uh, I have a 19-year-old boy, a 9-year-old boy, a uh, 7-year-old girl, and a 2-year-old boy. So I'm up early at probably 5.30 and taking four or five shots of espresso, one for each kid. Um, and yeah, no, just getting out there and skateboarding around town and getting, uh, if I have nothing to do, then, then I'm, I'm in somewhat trying to to promote the brand, trying to get the crew out there, trying to let people know there's a, there's a game going on. And, uh, like I said, whether that be uh, skateboarding around town or, or waking up and being on some radio shows or doing some podcasts or, or whatever, it's uh meet in the city. And, uh, ever since I retired, you know, you have a, you have a big, uh, uh, you have all these plans in the back of the bus as, as players, you know, of like, oh, why don't they do this? Why don't they do that? And, um, you know, what I figured out is it's not as easy to do all this <laughs> and that that the front office says. And um, it, it's been a cool experience to, to see that. But, uh, you know, they've allowed me to, to somewhat stay in a role of, uh, of uh, being 17 years. Uh, uh, my office was outside. You know, I was 17 years professional. So I've always been outside. And they said, hey, dude, uh, I went in and I said, Guys, it's gonna be really hard to keep me in uh, in some walls here, and you'll figure that out quick because uh, I think you guys should be doing this and this and that. And then they're like, "Okay, buddy, easy. We have budgets. We have this. We, have, you know." So I so I figured out that out really quick. But I, I went, "Hey, I see you have 96 employees inside." of the office let me go be 96 outside and let me be 96 uh and we didn't have anybody really outside the office at that point so i'm like let me go be them skateboard around town i have a surfer mentality i'm from uh, san diego i can skateboard i can surf i can snowboard i got flags i got let, let's go meet people and let me be out and uh let my office be uh, if we can outside and meeting the people and uh at the end of the day it's you know the uh we have ohio state here you know it's, it's a very football oriented town and not a lot of people uh knew about soccer 15 years ago but we've been here now 20 years uh, over 20 years now and that has history so once you once you're here for a while for 20 years you start having history and start having uh, uh people are really starting to get in the sport and it's taken a little time but i'm so excited that 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 columbus is really just going whoa this is actually a really cool sport because in the first few years they were you know it might have been a little bit of a joke uh, i think to them and then once they realize and and actually learn the sport and uh went oh these guys are are athletes they're playing 90 minutes there's no timeouts there's no this there's no that whoa this is fun i'm getting in and out of the game in two hours boom i'm in what they play 11 months a year Okay, yeah, they are athletes. So, uh, you know, it took a little time, you know. For me, it was much like Germany, dude. Uh, I went over to Germany, and um, the people in Germany were, uh, you know, when you go there, it's it's 
they, they want to get to know you. They, they're not open arms and shaking your hand, and it's very, hey, he gets you. Hey, hello, how are you? How are you? There's no, hey, how's it going, man? How you doing, bro? You know, they're, they're so um, it, it's a little bit the same, a little similar. I can't imagine unleashing your personality into like a German community. I feel like they would just go wild. They wouldn't know what to do. They would, they'd feel like, like, man, this guy's got so much energy, so all over the place. Like, how do we contain this? Yeah, you know what? I had a blast. I had a blast with it over there. It was so, it was fun. And you know what? They were like that. They were, they were, they were, they loved it. And you know, I, I was a, um, you know, kind of a beer drinking American. And you know, I was uh, often, you know, drinking a beer with a German uh, uh, at a German pub or you know, an Irish pub or someone over there. And you know, I think they they th- they thought that was cool. You know, they you know they they were like, hey, you know, he he does love our culture, and and I did because. Uh, it was a great culture. I mean, the, on any given day, you'd see a guy there at 8 in the morning reading the newspaper, drinking a nice ice-cold beer. And they're very good at only drinking one. We're, we're a little bit... Uh, we're a little bit we're, we're a little bit more crazier over here. So, but when it, that was my first experience over there was seeing a guy drink a beer at 8 in the morning going, well, this culture's pretty cool. And then I got to learn the culture and know the people. And what I figured out, like I said before, the first month, two months of Germans, they're very intense. And... Once you get to know them and once you get to know the people in the city and every, it opens up to you and they open up your arms to you. They invite you in houses and, you know, it's just every, every culture is different and, um, you know, Columbus is no different except that we have uh, so many different cultures and it's so eclectic and so young and so cool and so hip that uh, sky's the limit here. So, uh, and for soccer as well. So it's really cool. Yeah, and let's talk a little bit about that differing, the difference of culture between the German soccer clubs and what like the experience here with fan base and the passion for the game. How are you trying to bring what you saw over there in Germany to the States? Uh, well, I mean, I, one of the things I did right away was, uh, you know, Germans kind of had a cheer that they do after every game. And it was a, uh, it was really cool for me because they brought the, 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 uh, after each game, win, lose, tie, draw, whatever they did, all the whole team kind of went hand in hand. And whether it was an away game or a home game, they walked over to the fans, arm in arm, the whole team, and they did this kind of like grabbed hands, went "Hey, hey, hey!" Kind of did their hands up, and the fans would do it together. And this was a, a you know, a, a, a win, loss, or tie. And obviously, when they won, it was way more exciting. When they lost, the fans, you know, the players, kind of their arms weren't as as high to go up, and you know, the the haze weren't as cool. But um, so I, I brought that. That was the first thing I did. I said, hey, we got to get engaged with the fans more. And uh, when I noticed when I, because I played for the three years uh, in, from 96 to 98 before I went over to, ML, the, to Germany in the MLS, I played for Tampa Bay Mutiny in, the, in Tampa Bay. So I saw that there was engagement. There wasn't a lot. And I'm like, man, this is uh, what I see is our fans here in Columbus. They like to, they like to chant. They like to sing. They like to have a beer. Uh, they like to, they're like me, man. They're, 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 this is what I would do if I was a fan. So why aren't we going over to them and say, hey, guys, let's do that. So that was something that I kind of brought from Germany that I, I saw the fans respected. And it, it goes a lot further than any player uh, would ever imagine because when you're a player and you're going over there, you're thinking – you know about the game and uh, what I did wrong, what I did right. If you won, you're cool. You're probably talking to your buddy. But once we brought that, once I brought that, and I saw the energy, and we brought that as a team, it wasn't me. But you saw the energy of the Columbus fans and what the potential for the atmospheres here were. Man, it 
it was electric right away, right away. Everyone, the whole crowd went nuts and the same thing. And soon enough, we were high-fiving people after games. And soon enough, I was drinking a beer after games, uh, right after the games with fans. And I know I'm talking about beer a lot, but uh, that's one of my passions here. It really is. <laughs> it, it, it's one of my passions. And, it, it, and it's a huge uh, passion here in Columbus. I mean, we've got tons of breweries here. And, uh, and one of my, the first people I ever met in the city of Columbus uh, Scott Francis is uh, the brewmaster at Temperance Row Brewery. He was a brewmaster at Barley's, Columbus Brewing, all those places. So basically the first person I ever met in Columbus, and probably my, my first friend that I ever met in Columbus was, uh, was Scott Francis. And uh, he has a lot of history here, and I've learned some wise words uh, from him by just going to all his local breweries and bars, and, you know, it's been cool. So kind of building off that culture that you're talking about a little bit, I think – one thing that's so fortunately for soccer tons of people play it at the youth level and then you can appreciate the sport you know when you're older and, and bring in fans if you create a culture but i think sometimes some sports face a challenge where if you've never played it you don't appreciate the technique and you know like you said the hustle that goes into it 11 months you know playing the whole season and people don't understand that grind and when you do you really can kind of dive into it so do you guys really just focus on the culture to pack fans into those stands or do you guys ever focus on trying to get more of the awareness of the sport out there um, I think it's a little bit of both, to be honest. I mean, you do it, you do it both ways, because uh, and that's the way with the, that my role works a little bit is, um, you know, going to coffee shops in the morning and um, I'm reading the newspaper and seeing sitting next to a guy and he's looking at me, like, hey man, I have my hat on. He's like, you like crew? What's that? And we start talking soccer. And it might be a guy that knows about it. it might be a guy that never has seen it before. It might be a guy that just is interested to know about it that saw me in the paper one day or whatever and. We start talking about it, and you go, "Hey, what's offside?" They don't know about it. And, oh, once you explain the rules and you explain the game, it takes me a minute and a half to explain offsides. And the people are like, "Oh my gosh, these guys all—we're all smart people." I mean, my my six-year-old knows offsides. So, to for people to actually go oh, offsides, I don't understand offsides. For me, that's you know, guys, it's not just one. Uh, uh, <laughs> so they need someone. That's not that. That's people not wanting to know the sport. So once you kind of engage people and start talking to them about it, and really, uh, like I said, that, that's been my role, is people that aren't uh, really interested in the sport, or maybe they are and they don't know it, is, and they want to see a face connected to the stadium. They want to see a face that they know connected to the sport that they don't know. That go, hey, dude, I met this guy that, from the crew the other day that was pretty cool, and he used to play, and hey, you want to go to game son? Or, hey, we, let's go check it out. And you know what? Maybe they come back, and maybe they don't. But you know what? We got them there, and they, they experienced something different in Columbus, you know? And, and if I can get one person to come back, that's it. I mean, that, that, that's cool, because that person uh, might have a kid who has a kid who has a kid, you know? And, and that's when, when generations kind of start to happen. And what I've seen is, you've seen it with him. I mean, uh, uh, I mean, he, he was, uh, when, when I first came here, you were, what, how long ago? Were we in there, 12, 13 years? You were, you were like <laughs> seven, eight years old, you know? And... He, he wore a crew jersey, and he was in the Nordic, and I had him in there where he was watching me, and I wouldn't allow him sometimes to go to the Nordic, and then I'd yeah. sneak him in there at times. And um, So it's part of that growing as a, ki uh, as a young kid to see it. Like I know fans, like kids that can't wait to sit in the Nordic, and their parents won't let them. Because, you know, it's, a, it's, it's intense. They, these guys, you know, they cuss a little bit. It's a little bit more R-rated than, than the average stands, and people know that, you know? So, um, but... I have a picture in my basement of me holding up the cup 
And it's like these three dudes are like right behind me. They're the biggest fans ever. They're in front row. We're like, woo! So right after we, I think it was actually when we beat Chicago uh, to go to the to to the MLS Cup in in, in 08, and they're in the front row. Those three guys now are still some of my greatest friends here in Columbus. They all have three kids. They kind of slowly moved up from the first row to the second row to the third, fourth, fifth. They start going. Now they all sit at the top. They all sit at the top of the Nordic. And they all sit at the top with their kids in their hands, looking down. They all have cruisers on their kids. So for me, that's one of the most coolest things that I've, I could ever see is now you're starting to see a guy that, that was a, a high schooler. Or maybe he was in, 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 in um, you know, a, a uh, elementary school even and now we have that much history where these guys are having kids and now they're bringing their kids to, to crew games and that's something that I don't think the city had seen 20 years ago and that's what's so cool about uh, you know this sport and 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 the, and the city and how it's grown because uh, they've, they've been open arms to us and uh, but you know it, it's it, it's taken some time but we're, we're it, it's awesome to see what's happening yeah and you know I think that a lot of that ties to the success of crew SC because, you know, we, when you're winning, it's a lot easier to root for the team, you know? And I think we, as the crew continues, uh, sorry, Crew SC continues to do well. I do the same uh, thing to him, sorry. I, I, they always get mad at me, too. I mean, <laughs> for, I mean, for 10, 10, 11, 10 years, I said, you know, crew, you know, Columbus yeah. crew. And then, you know, so to switch your brain over that quick, you know, mm -hmm. it takes a, takes a little time, especially uh, since you've taken um, so many headers that I've had and how many beers <laughs> well, I've had. No, just kidding. Well, Josh and I have both wrestled, so we're right there with you with the, with the, okay, uh, yeah, the, the head problems. <laughs> he can speak for himself, dude. I'm nah, a hundred percent. No, dude, I'm fine. I'm totally fine. fine. My brain's good, man. No, I'm, no, I'm, I'm good. No, that, um, that's just a, that's, that's a cliche that everyone says. So I, I think it's you know it's a testament to being in a, in a Buckeye community and city that's been focused around football for so long and building such a strong brand. And that's what I like about you know the professional sports teams that we have here is they build this community where you go to a game and it's – it's an entire experience, which is awesome. Um, and that was just kind of the tangent off what you were going there before. But I think we kind of want to bring it back for a second and maybe tell us a little bit about, you know, this, this, this energetic dude on the other side of the mic and maybe your path to where you are and your time, you know, playing professionally and your time in the Olympics. Like um, maybe just start back from the beginning, give us a high-level overview and then kind of some of the memorable moments along the way. Um, yeah, I mean, just recap of, I mean, starting off just like any other kid, you know, uh, Growing up playing soccer at five years old, my dad was a basketball guy. He never played a lick of soccer, just like anyone's parents did, you know, 30 years ago. No one, you know, wasn't a huge sport here, you know. And, uh, and no, that was 40 years ago, actually. I'm 43. Jeez. Um, you know, so, uh, yeah, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't big. But I grew up on a little beach town and, um, and loved it from day one. Um, I, was, I was aggressive, uh, they said. I, I loved running, but... Uh, my, my, more of my passion was, was surfing, you know, I was, I was a, a, a surfer just as much as I was a soccer player. And I could have been, uh, at one moment I had to choose between professional surfing and soccer and, um, but we'll get there in a little bit. Yeah. So, so just like any other kid and, and, uh, yeah, just kept with it. I mean, I'm, to be honest, I don't know why, um, there was something about the sport. I think it was the, the team aspect of it. Cause I, I kind of did, uh, uh, you know, two sports, you know, I did surfing and, and, which was very individualized, you and nature and, and the wave and the ocean. And uh, so that was one of my loves. And the other side of it was, you know, being around the team uh, and guys and, hey, man, I need your help here sometimes. And, oh, I hope I can help you out sometimes. So there was something 
on that side of the sport that got me at a very young age that because all my buddies none, none of them really played sports we grew up in a little hippie beach town i mean cardiff by the sea that was the name i mean they didn't have too much soccer there they, they were they had more surfing than football i don't even think they still play football there so it's so funny because mm-hmm. i come to a place that yeah you know, yeah i guess not too much but the, the high school i went to uh, i mean we didn't play football but our, our rival high school was really good they, they had john lynch you know him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I guess we're San Diego somewhere. It's a football so, area, but yeah. my high school wasn't there. John Lynch's team, Tory Pines, they beat our team Torrey like 100,000 to, it was like 102 to zero. Well, our we were all surfers. <laughs> we, like, didn't, we didn't fare much better at Westview. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We played so, you know, with yeah, yeah. You know Tory Pines. I played him all the time when I was growing up. <laughs> it's a small world, man. We have so many people that I, that's what's so cool, also. that I know we're getting off topic again, but. That, that are from other places that are from here that love it. You know, we're yeah. both from San Diego, and I, I'm pretty sure you love it here. Oh yeah, well, I yeah, love it here. You get the question right every time you tell somebody. What are you doing here? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing, right there? What do you mean? I, I, I love it. it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God, this place is, is great. He he just moved back from Florida. He was my son Nessa's here. He's in the studio with us. Right. Yeah. But yeah. He went to school here in meant. Florida, and all he, all I saw was pictures of him catching fish. And you know where he's, he what he did? Dad, hey, I'm ready to come back. I mean, I'm like, whoa, dude, you have, you have everything. You say, yeah, dude, I had fun. Let's go. He misses his friends. We have it. It's so awesome here. Dude. I'm mm-hmm. like, he goes, you know what? They have fishing there. They have fishing. There. They have everything here. And that's mm-hmm. what a lot of people don't think. You think of, oh, it's Columbus, Ohio. It's just in the middle of, of America. Man, lakes, rivers, valleys. Yeah. Uh, you name it, dude. I've surfed, uh, I've surfed um, um, Lake Erie. Yeah, he knows all my sentences. Yeah, he's, uh, it's Blake Erie. So we 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 do it all here. There's there's nothing. Sky's the limit in Columbus, and still gro- growing. But back to my uh, career. Yeah, so just uh, eventually had to, to choose between. Grew up, kept on playing soccer, loved it. Um, had to choose uh, uh, between UCLA. Eventually got a, a call from Ziggy Smith at UCLA. And it was right around the time of high school where that's a, I had sponsors uh, in surfing, not professional sponsors, but they were about to pay me. And they said, hey, where are we going here? And I, so I had sponsors asking me if I was going to be a professional surfer. And had Ziggy Smith calling me. Uh, it would be like Urban Meyer. For, for any UCLA, any kid growing up in California, if you got called by UCLA as a soccer guy, it was exact equivalent of getting called by Ohio State. Um, pretty much, you know, um, it was the, the biggest honor you can get. And, you know, just to let you know where my head was then, it was, I was like, I still wanted to kind of be a surfer. And Ziggy's calling me going, hey, I'm going to offer you a scholarship. And I went, you know what? Um, I go, yeah, you know, coach, I, I might be a professional surfer. And my parents were on the other line and they like listening. And they were like, nope, nope, coach, he's not. And it was funny because we were just like, whoa, we all started cracking up. And that was kind of, I was like, Right then, I kind of realized that was a decision they made, and, and I guess we all made together. Because you know, back I still wanted to hang out with my friends and be a surfer, but it was a it was a smart decision by them, and uh, uh, and and uh, by me as well. Because I, you know, I, I think in in if I really didn't want to do that, I would have went the surfing route with it. Yeah. But there was something that that loved the team side of the sport that I was. I think I was more just being a. Uh, a young teenager and trying to rebel against my parents because I knew they wanted me to go there and I knew I wanted it. Uh, I wanted that too. But uh, there, like I said, something about the team side that kept me with that sport. Played at UCLA. Uh, was an All-American there. Um, went on to get drafted by. I uh, played there only three years actually because uh, I left early to go play in the Olympics in '96. Mm-hmm. Um, played in the '96 Olympics in uh, which was here in Atlanta. Had a good Olympics, got drafted by MLS right after that. Um, 
went to Tampa Bay, played there for three years. Uh, uh, now, were they, were they looking at you professional before the Olympics, or did you have a really good showing while you were there and that kind of sparked that? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think everything, you know, because they, they're yeah. looking at you as college, in college as well. So they knew who I was. I, you know, I was on there. But I was drafted, I think, 75th. It wasn't like Brian McBride for the Columbus crew was first. I, w- I was 75th in that whole draft. So I wasn't like, I, I don't think I, ha- I wasn't super wanted, um, you know, maybe because of my long hair. And I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know if anyone wanted to bring me, but uh, that's why probably Tampa brought me. To where they did you know he'll yeah, fit in with the other surfer guys out there but um played in tampa three years uh after uh, my third year it was right in the 98 uh during the 98 world cup i made the 98 world cup team played uh played in france played three games we played against uh germany iran and uh yugoslavia i think it was at the time uh had a good game against germany a really good game um, and three weeks later, I was no, not even three days later, I was signing a contract in the hotel room uh, the night before, two nights before our final game um, to go play in Germany. Mm-hmm. And, and that was for Bundesliga there. Yeah, and, and, uh, yeah, yeah. So then uh, played uh, played there for five years. Uh, played for Bayer Leverkusen. We made the Champions League final. We played against Real Madrid in the Champions League final. Yeah, huge deal. Yeah, I mean, so, so for those of you out there who don't understand soccer, the Champions League is like. The Big Ten of football, or the SEC of football, yeah. is to soccer. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, I bet, yeah. It's you know basically saying? the like, Super Bowl playoffs. Right. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, how would you? Because it's it's the best teams, mm-hmm. it's the top three teams from every team in Europe in the world. So you have to get in the top three in your league, which is very difficult to do in Europe, and then you play against the top three from every other team in the world. And that's why it's called the Champions League. So, and we made the final. Um, I'm sure all these people now, since it's been so, because ten years ago it wasn't on ESPN. It wasn't on. Uh, it wasn't on anything. You couldn't watch it anywhere. And now you can't not see it on TV. So to see how that side of it's grown and see the 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 contracts that they're starting to sign to see recently that uh, they're they denied a four billion dollar contract for for a TV rights deal for MLS. Um, I mean, if they if, if 20 years ago, you, if they would have given a four million dollar contract, they would have taken it in a heartbeat. So in 20 years, it's basically gone for f- from four million to four billion. Mm-hmm. So that's a very fast, uh, uh, you know, uh, rise and yeah. and and do so because it, I mean, it's a, it's a number one sport everywhere else, but and and it's 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 catching on here. So yeah, played uh, playing the Champions League. We're, we're hopping all over the place. Um, <laughs> played with some of the greatest players in the world at the time. It was the best experience. I, I like uh, going over there. Was a complete surfer kid. Didn't know a lick of German. Didn't even try to speak a lick of German. And I got a reality check really quick when I went over there because it was all about professionalism. You were going against men. It was men versus a boy. And I, I learned really fast uh, uh, what the league was like there and what it, what soccer was there and what soccer meant to the rest of the world because it really hadn't meant a lot here so i and that's the way i took it going over there and um not really taking it lightly but just cruising you know what i mean just actually literally cruising like just yeah yeah i'm going and you don't do that there that this is as professional as it come and i got over there and like i said it was people hey hello hello Hello. There's no, hey, bro. What's up? There's no hey, bros. What's up over there? Right. It's like, hey, hey, 
hey, hey, you're trying <laughs> to take my spot. And so I was like, whoa, this is, whoa, it, it, it was it was really crazy for me. So, um, what was the training but, like in that environment? Training schedule. Well, yeah, I mean, I got I got to I got to play against the best people in the world day in and day out of training, day in and day out of training. Multiple um, practices per day, or you guys go once. A uh, day? no, we went. Um, I mean, preseasons were triple days every day for like twelve days in a row. Um, no, uh, double days often. Um, but we were uh, with the Leverkusen. We played in so many cups because we were in the top three every year that I was there. So that was kind of cool too. Those were the golden years of Leverkusen. We we made the Champions League every year, which that doesn't happen for a lot of clubs, and it didn't happen for that club very often before that. But they decided to spend literally the year before I got there, and you know they spent money and they made the Champions League final three years later. So, uh, but the tra- I mean, dude, when you're training against Balak, Zay Roberto, Berbatov. Uh, Lucio, Juan, these guys are, these are names that are, and, and if you guys don't know these guys, these are, these are legends over in, in the Brazilian world and in, in the soccer world. And these guys were, I, I trained against daily. These were still to this day considered, considered, you know, some of the best players in their position in the world. Um, so to, to, to go from surfing to, to all of a sudden playing against the best player in the world, like day in and day out, learn how to be a professional and, uh, let's, let's let's be honest. I, I was I went from the sun. My whole life was in the sun. I went from from you know San Diego to UCLA. Well, that's not big of a difference. Then I got drafted by Tampa Bay. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> my God, this is great. Then all of a sudden I was in Germany. So I, I, it went boom, boom, boom. And it was five, six years of that. Then I was in Switzerland for for a year. But five of the six best years, I got to learn a language that no idea that I would ever learn in my life. And I didn't think I had the capability to do it. I tried to learn Spanish in high school, and I couldn't really do it. You know, I, uh, I did it to the Spanish three, and I was gone, you know, and, and still have no idea how to do it that great. But, man, I went over there. I learned a language. I learned culture. I got to see Italy, France, Spain. I mean, everywhere, Russia. I mean, we got – I mean, it was so awesome to see. It was an experience that – yeah, you just can't really put in the word, words from a from a young surfer dude, and you know, going over all of a sudden you're experiencing everything in Europe and the world, and 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 in the top league of 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 all time, basically. I mean, I was in the best of the best league, Champions League. They call it that for a reason. And there were times when I was just going, whoa, you know, I was blown away a, a little bit. And but it took me a couple of years to really realize what the hell was going on. <laughs> really, I mean. Um, so that, that was really cool, and it, it, it was a learning experience, and it was a, a, a culture shock and a culture experience and everything all at once, and it taught me how to be a professional. It taught me what work was and how it is to work. So that, that, that experience was invaluable. I mean, and, you know, it was difficult and fun and everything. And you go on from that, and when do you make your next Olympic team? Um, that is Probably in, in the 2000. That, right? Yeah, in the middle <laughs> yeah. of that. Yeah, 2002 uh, Olympics in, in um, that was in Sydney, Australia, and I was one of the overage players. And I got asked to be. There's they allow three overage players. The Olympics are weird with soccer. They're, it's everyone's under 23 years. They have to be, and you're allowed three overage players. So three players from each country can be from wherever <laughs> they want. I was picked to be one of the three overage. I was playing at Leverkusen and. Leverkusen allowed me to go over this. Yeah, go. You're playing the Olympics. Go for it. Because they had games during that time as well. Um, so that was very cool of them. And yeah, we we made the semifinals in the Olympics. Next thing you know, we have a we we did the best that we've ever done in the Olympics. Um, we had a team that was just 
you know, a bunch of young guys that, or they were just up and comers and, and Landon Donovan and, and Beasley's and Josh Wolf and um, uh, who uh, Connor, uh, uh, Connor Casey, who else? Was on, I mean, I'm, I'm missing so many names, but there was a bunch of stars up there, guys that were about to be stars in MLS on that team. Um, and yeah, we next thing you know, we're playing against Spain in the semifinals of the uh, of the Olympics. Um, got to experience the whole Olympic experience. Got to go. We tried to stay at the Olympic Village one night because we we played at four different places. We were in Adelaide, Melbourne, Sydney, and uh, I think like one other place. So we were kind of always <coughs> traveling. And the last place we were at was where the Olympic Village was. And I remember the coach at the time. We we were all side because you know play, you hear about the Olympic Village, man. It's like we're all young kids, and everyone's like, "Oh my God, you athletes! There's people everywhere. Let's go meet people." And we get there, and what you think you don't know about the Olympics, and you forget about it, some people's events are done after the second day. So, and they're still at the the Olympic Village for another two for till it's over. So they're raging. They put three years of work or two years of work in, and when they're done with their event, they're ready to go. And there's loud music there. We stayed there for not even like nine hours. And our coach was like, next, you know, you saw guys were talking to girls or we were up later than we know. <laughs> he was like, and we were gone. Yeah. He took us out of the Olympic Village. Not even, we were there for nine hours. <laughs> and then we, uh, yeah, then we went to some hotel and uh, we were in semifinals, played against Spain, and played against uh, the Spanish team we played against. Uh, I mean, it was basically FC Barcelona. They had Xavi, they had uh, Pujol, Iniesta, uh, you name it, they had them, all those guys. And we ended up losing 3-2 that game, a very good game. So we were uh, now in the bronze medal game. Um, and we were playing against Chile, and we absolutely crushed them. I mean, it's, I, th I think we outshot them 26-4, 26-3 even. And they had two, they had three shots on goal, and we lost 2-0. We hit the post four times, and back in the day, like I, I didn't really realize. Like it's so funny, you, you look back on the moment, um, and this is what I tell tell any athlete: don't look, don't don't look back on the moment. And go, whoa! I didn't realize what was going on because I really didn't. Because I was like, I mean, I gave my all for like every single game, but when you, like I didn't really realize, dang, I I could have had a bronze medal, like really, I mean, I could have potentially even had a gold or silver. Um, and now looking back on it, you know, you go, wow, we were so close. And thinking about it at the time, you're like, we were just a bunch of guys out there going, dude, we met the semifinal, you know, just hanging. We didn't really, really, we were just in a tournament like that we had done our whole lives, like every tournament, like that I grew up in the club tournaments. Mm -hmm. That was almost the same thing as Olympic for me. And I think right. it was the same thing for a lot of guys because we're just so used to that. And, and, but then you think about it, go back, it's like, man, it's Olympics. So was, that was a cool experience. Yeah, and with soccer, I mean, there's a lot more emphasis on the World Cup, wouldn't you say, than than the Olympics? Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, so, uh, okay. yeah, because it's a you know, it's a in in, in soccer, it's considered kind of uh, it's it's half amateur. You know, it's a young kids, and mm -hmm. and you know, in, in the World Cup, it's say pros are you know, there's men men and boys. There's there's a kid 18, and there's a kid maybe 38 playing against each other. It's an interesting perspective, though, because I think a lot of people – so we had some Olympic athletes that trained with us in college, and they would talk about, 
you know, you get caught up in the moment. And you also you also think about so much that's riding on it. And you think about that metal. I think so that much. was the opposite, man. Yeah, no, which is yeah. nuts. Like, do you we, think it helped your performance? And in, in well, yeah, I think so because we were just a bunch of guys. Who just I mean, as much as I remember, we were joking, laughing. Or I mean, it was just we were just having a fun time, and we had a great coach and Clive Charles that 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 made the atmosphere cool. He was an English guy, you know, that had coached at the University of Portland for forever. He's a national team coach for assistant coach for, for a while. And then he got the job with the Olympic team coach and um, perfect guy for, for me, for that age group. Um, English guys are, they're quick witted. They're good with a laugh. They like a joke. Um, and that was our coach, and that was our team. It was a young team that was, uh, you know, a bunch of guys that were either about to shine in their professional careers. And I think I would say over 80% of that team that made that semifinal probably shined at some point in MLS or somewhere abroad. So really good team, really good coach, and some cool things came together. And we didn't really think about the moment at all. And maybe that's why we did so good. Definitely. So one of the questions I wanted to ask um, – now that we're kind of getting towards the end of the interview, is some of our listeners out there probably never seen much soccer, probably never listened to much soccer, maybe never even played soccer when they were growing up. Where can they go to learn more about Crew SC and just soccer in general if they want to check it out? Well, uh, other than seeing me at uh, various restaurants, bars, and cafes all around town, and yeah, <laughs> you can't really miss me, dude, with the flag and the hat, and I'm pretty much Crew all around all the time. Nesta, even my son's like, Dad, do you ever wear anything Crew? Not crew. I'm like, not really, dude. You know, I mean, this is what I'm getting paid for, dude. I'm a brand ambassador. This works as a 24-7 job. You know, I can go out to any cafe, any bar, restaurant, and you have people talking to you and talking to crew, whether they know you or not. They come down, and and it's been so cool for me, especially these last five years, to to see people come up to me that normally, in the, I remember in the first beginning five years of the job, I would, hey, man, how you doing? What's going on? Yeah, what are you watching? Watching a sport, they might watch some. Oh, yeah, of course. And it'd be me engaging them in the conversation. Now I'm seeing much more of Columbus starting to gauge uh, me in conversations and going, "Hey, what about that game?" And hey, and man, it's been it's been so cool to see it grow. It, it really has. And uh, from what it was even ten years ago to what it is now, dudes, I mean, it's night and day. And uh, for me, the sky's the limit. We have a young hip. Uh, cool culture here, and that's what soccer is. Cool, hip. Uh, we're, we're, we like to laugh, dance, and, and sing the night away, just much like uh, uh, Columbus and Ohio in general from what I've learned, and that's why I've kind of learned to, to love this place, I think, and, and appreciate it. You guys are passionate. They love their city. They love their food. They love their, their drinks. They love their football. They love their soccer. They love their hockey, and I'm in, dude, so I, I love it, and I've been a passionate guy, and that's what's driven me, I think, my whole a career is the passion for the sport and the passion for meeting people and meeting new guys and new teammates and, and new people. And this is what the city is all about. So for me, this is the perfect place for me. It's a, uh, my, my whole family lives here and uh, I, I can't wait to hopefully spend the rest of my life here. So now that you've reached a point where, you know, you have a family, your competitive career is over. What kind of, do you think about too much like what the goals are for you for the future? You just really, I feel like you're a guy who just really lives in the moment and maximizes it, which is awesome. But do you ever think about those future? Well, yeah, it's elements? just like the Olympics, dude. I'm, I'm living for right now. I'm high five. We'll go outside. I'll high five you guys after this. High five, probably go to a local uh, brewery, watch a game or go high, uh, you know, have a couple beers, talk some soccer, talk some football with some people, whatever. And then, then you know, then it's Uber at home. 
<laughs> so this is my element, man. I'm loving it, dude. I, I'm telling you, it's 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 been cool to see. It's been cool to experience. Uh, soccer's grown so much. It's getting better. The knowledge here in Columbus is uh, above and beyond what it's ever been. Um, you know, when you see uh, fans getting disappointed now in Columbus when we play good or good soccer and lose, or we play bad soccer and win, uh, and to see reactions from them and to uh, Man, they love both of them. I mean, it, it's so cool to see. Like, I, I have a different person every day. Ah, oh, man, why did this guy do that? Why did, oh, oh, what a great goal this guy did. And five years ago, I hadn't seen that. Ten years ago even, you know. And I think that that culture came to in 2008 when we won it. Like you guys said in the beginning of the interview, you know, we're, we're winners here. And uh, you've known nothing else but being winning through Ohio State. So, you know, we weren't really totally relevant until we won something. And that was in 08. And since then, it's just been skyrocketing. So we need another one of those championships. Hopefully we can bring another one back. Uh, and, you know, these fans, I can tell you, they, they work probably harder than even I do in the city to, to try to get this. Uh, and they don't get paid to try to get this, uh, to, to get this thing going. And, and their support has, has been unbelievable. And, man, it's been so cool. Because, dude, you, you cannot accept a guy like this easily, dude. You'd be like, dude, who the heck is that guy? Who's this? I'm, like, I'm over that guy. Dude, I, I got embraced here, and, and I'm still getting embraced, and I'm doing the same stuff. And that's, for me, that, that, that's true love. That's like, hey, dude, they, they like me for who I am, for what I am, not for a, a passing fad. And, um, and I feel like that's uh, Columbus uh, in general. People have heart here. They're, they're cool. And I think that's why I stayed here, and they have pride in themselves. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that, Frankie. And uh, one of the last questions we always like to ask, uh, the theme of our show is live uncomfortably. And the focus of that is because we feel like you can't really improve if you don't put yourself in situations that make you feel unco a little uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So what do you think of when you hear the phrase, and how does that apply to your life? Oh, dude, that's, 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 that, that should be my life phrase, dude. I, I, <laughs> I never live comfortably, dude. I'm never, I'm never just uh, hanging, you know. I'm always doing something. I mean, and... For me, it says, go out and get about, dude. And, and from what I've been learned in my experience through Columbus, and this is, that's actually a perfect, uh, uh, what, do, what do they call that? Phrase. Phrase. Segway. Segway. Uh, segue, yeah. Phrase, yeah. Uh, for Columbus is because when I first got here, I kind of was like living comfortably. I was like, oh, it's kind of cool. Oh, homely town. I'll sit back. And then I went, dude, I got to go and go, you know, when in Rome. Speak Romish, dude, right? I had to go golf myself in the Paraphrased. Paraphrased. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just kidding, guys. But, yeah, you know, but I had to go. I had to go. I'm like, dude, what am I doing? Let me go see the city. And let me go see the town. And let me go see around. Let me go see Ohio. And I'm still learning things about this city. Not, not even Ohio. This city. I just found a new fishing spot, Nesta and I. The other day, that's not even two miles from my house that I should have known about for 12 years now. And it's unbelievably beautiful. And I'm finding new paths, finding new uh, uh, places to hike, finding new places to go swimming, finding new places to surf, finding new places to skateboard. Um, what else have we got? I mean, dude, listen to what I'm saying. There's, there's, you have to live uncomfortably. Living comfortably is staying at home, hanging out, and chilling. 
Come see the city, dude. This is what it is all about. Living uncomfortably. And, and what you will find out is that once you start living uncomfortably, you're going to live comfortably. Because you're going to get out and about. You're going to learn your city. You're going to meet new people. You're going to meet new forests, new rivers, new fish. New, I mean, there's so much cool stuff here. New water slides, new uh, waves. I can't wait to. There's a couple more uh, Lake Erie spots I got to surf. So uh, I mean, uh, a bunch of campsites. I have four kids, so uh, playgrounds. I mean, dude, these water splash pads. Uh, I've never seen so many ever. You know, and if you have a family, this is what it's all about. And uh, and so I'm out every day. Uh, I found, I just found a, a frisbee. Uh, oh, it's a frisbee golf. Right Prolf. by yeah. Prolf, whatever. Yeah, I did. Yeah, right by Hoover Dam. Dude, right out there, that they have the most awesome frisbee golf like uh, uh, course. It, it's in nature. It's just just some cool stuffs uh, going on around here. Dude, you can rent a 19-person pontoon boat in uh, in uh, Alum Creek for 100 100 bucks, 150 bucks. <laughs> I think it is for the weekend. That's a 19-person. Put put do the math. That's 10 bucks a person. Yep. If you uh, maybe less, but yeah, maybe don't do the math. No, but you know what I mean. Right. Um, there's so much cool stuff here, and you know, I, I've, I'm still discovering stuff, and I've been here what, 12, 15 years almost. I'm, I'm, I'm living for the moment, guys. So I don't know. Yeah, I think that's a great place to be, <laughs> uh, Frankie. We had a lot of fun. Yeah, man. Yeah, and, thank uh, you, guys. Yeah, I mean, hey, any any way I can help out, I would t- tell anyone if you if you hear this interview and you don't know soccer, get out there. If you don't know these guys, give these guys high fives because they're getting Columbus all uh, uh, started, and uh, we're we're psyched to have them. And I, I thank you guys for letting me come on here. And yeah, hey, thanks a lot. We're sorry we were out of CO two in the beer tab. That was a little the only yeah, thing. <laughs> no problem. Now you know what. Now I'm super thirsty. Yeah. So here I'm gonna hit up my locals. Yeah, there, Barley is Tempest Grove over. All right, Conquerors. Well, hey, that was Frankie Hedgehog Conquerors, brand ambassador for Columbus Crew SC. We hope you guys enjoyed that interview. You'll see me skateboarding around town with a flag. If you see some crazy guy on an electric uh, skateboard, that's me. <laughs> give me a high five or just give me a woo, Frankie. And uh, this it. is Conquering Columbus. We'll talk to you guys next week. If you guys enjoyed that episode, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as well as iTunes, Pocket Cast, Stitchers, whatever your favorite podcast app is. And go ahead and click that subscribe button. It'll make sure you never miss another episode of Conquering Columbus. Before we let you go, we want to take one last moment to say thanks to all of our incredible sponsors one more time. And that starts with our friends over at AWH. For those of you who haven't heard of AWH, they are a digital product consulting, user experience, and software development firm. And with over 22 years of experience, AWH collaborates with a variety of clients to drive desired business outcomes through great digital products. To find out more, check out awh.net and let them know Conquering Columbus sent you. Conquering Columbus is also brought to you in part by the Sundown Group. The Sundown Group is an Ohio-based nonprofit that helps connect entrepreneurs to investors, mentors, talent, and capital through business pitch events, workshops, and classes offered throughout the state. For more information, head on over to sundownfirst.org. And our last sponsor is Facilities Management Express, or FMX for short. FMX is actually founded and headquartered here in Columbus, Ohio. They're a startup software company. What's really cool about them, there's a lot of competitors in this space, but they made a name for themselves by designing an easy-to-use and tailored-fit facilities maintenance and management software. They serve industries ranging from churches and schools 
to property management, manufacturing, and fast casual restaurants. You can learn more or check out a free trial at gofmx.com. You could drop me anywhere on the planet in any environment, and I might get you know, my head kicked in in the beginning, but I'll find a way to survive. I'll find a way to get the job done. Yeah, there's a little doubt, but you know what? Once again, I think of that guy in my ear. I think about stepping up to the stage. I think about the challenge. Like, I've lost sometimes, but I've won more than I've lost. And so, like, I bet on me any day. Choosing greatness. Greatness doesn't choose you. You know, you have to choose it. And, you know, it's hard. I think there was a hunger in me. There was a desire just to make a difference. There was a desire to not just be status quo, a desire to not be average. This is Conquering Columbus.